0: Hi, this is That Night, and you are listening to the Fulham Focus Podcast. Hello, well, that wasn't part of the script, was it? Aside from the fact that I can't remember a time I was that wet and that cold watching a football match, it was a super frustrating day at the office for Fulham, and despite enjoying the lion's share of possession and missing a hat full of chances, we came away with nothing from a game for only the fifth time this season. Fulham and Moles are here with me to relive the agony, thank you for joining us at home too. Had done by, my name is Matt Boisclair, and this is your Fulham Focus podcast. Fulham. So, before I start, just a little disclaimer that this show has been lovingly prepared by Dylan, for once. So, uh, crafted in Spain, which kind of papers over the cracks of the fact that all this really is, in reality, is three hungover blokes talking about football in their undercrackers in their bedrooms. So, I'll leave that thought with you as we go through the game. So, lads, it was a disappointing afternoon in the rain for us, wasn't it, as Fulham slipped to defeat against a resurgent Huddersfield side. What did you guys expect from Huddersfield from this one? Besides us, they're the only championship side unbeaten in 2022 heading into the game. And as always, your immediate thoughts surrounding the performance and result, please, lads.
1: Well, yeah, first off, it was a horrible day for football. It was a horrible day for anything apart from staying inside. Um, And Huddersfield came out pretty much how I expected them to, really. They got men behind the ball. It was, you know, 10 behind the ball for the most part. And they hit us on the break a couple of times, um, albeit obviously the second one was a penalty. But, uh, you know, you can't, in the, in these situations, you can't really just blame the conditions for how we played uh, because we played some decent football, but at the same time, you know, the way that we do play uh, quick sort of counterattacking football on a pitch that was incredibly wet, uh, I think the ball being sort of, you know, we were overrunning ourselves sometimes. And, uh, you know, the chances that we missed, sometimes the ball was just slipping straight past and all that. But in terms of Huddersfield, I mean, fair play to them. They came out, they had a game plan. And whilst we did have nearly 70% of the ball and a huge amount of chances, they, um, they stifled us. And, you know, especially in that second half when we were just throwing everything at them, I thought they did really well. So, uh, yeah, all credit to them uh it's just you know it's just a bit of a crap result, and as you say, not part of the uh not part of the storyline um, but its you know you can't get too despondent about these things because you know these things happen in the championship, they happen in any league, and I think uh it won't dictate the rest of the season. It's just you know bad day at the office.
2: Yeah, I sort of echoed Morgan's sentiment. I just want to say, Frenchie, you complain about having to watch it in the cold and the wet of Craven Cottage. I had to watch it in Brentford because I was reporting on the London Irish game, so I think you guys still had it better than I did. Um, but, yeah, just just overall, overall feelings. I'm honestly not all that concerned about the whole thing because – Um, I did. I did a. I did an interview with Football League World earlier in the week, and I said that we're not going to go the whole rest of the season unbeaten. We're not going to win every single game. There is going to be a slip, but the way that we have dominated the rest of the season so far, I'm not going to be all that. I'm not going to be all that concerned by because you know we've been able to bounce back before. You know, I just I just have to look back on on our results. Um, in the season, every time we've lost in the league, we have not lost the following week. So we've not what, lost back-to-back games. We've always been able to bounce back. So overriding feeling from the game is, meh, as, you know, as Morgan said, these things happen. So I'm not going to get overly concerned about one barrier against. You know, a Huddersfield side, there were, I think it was coming into the game, 22 undefeated. So they're pretty solid.
0: 12. 22? No, not, not 22. Not 22, no, 12. Like... 12. 12. Oh, 12,
2: sorry, yeah. Sorry, I misread, I misread the Sky graphic there. It was, <laughs> I think
1: in n- November last year they last lost. At the end of November, yeah, so, I mean, that's a, that's a cracking record. I mean, so, yeah, considering... Either
2: way, they've gotten along on, they got on a long run, so They were... They, they, are, they are a formidable side. You know, we see this in the championship. It was such you know For- Nottingham Forest had their run of four, but we thought all coming up against them, maybe have had their run of four. So it, yeah. it's, it's just one of those things in the championship. So I'm not going to get overly fussed because I know that we're going to bounce back. We're going to talk about the Peterborough Peter Peter game later. But I so, say, you know, who our next opponent is Peterborough, who have conceded the most goals in the championship we've scored the most, we're enough for the points deductions, they'd be like 13 points away from safety. So I think in the grand scheme of things, we're going to bounce back from it. So one defeat, meh, is not the end of the world.
1: Is the one I w- the one thing that I would sort of say is, is it slightly concerning that, you know, we, or maybe concerning is the wrong word, but I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you look at it and go, yeah, Huddersfield have made themselves incredibly hard to beat in uh, the last couple of months. I mean, they, for me, they were probably one of the teams that I was uh, expecting to go down um, this year because they just hadn't had any investment. They uh, looked, uh, you know, a shadow of the team that stayed in the Premier League uh, the last couple of years. But, yeah, they've done well. But at the same time, we should be turning those sort of teams over. And
0: is it and slightly mate, we've, worrying we've been that ter- we were- We've been turning those sorts of teams over all season. And what happened yesterday was a combination of... A, it being one of those bad days at the office. B, missing a hatful of chances. C, a few questionable refereeing decisions, which happen week in, week out to everybody. And again, D, it being a, one of those days. It's just one of those days. Like Huddersfield yeah. didn't come and didn't dominate us. We still looked far superior to them. We should have buried them, but we didn't. We didn't take our chances. They came and they got a couple of quick goals um, on the counter and then just sat back and we couldn't break them down. It's just one of those days.
1: I guess it was very similar to that Hull game last week in the sense that the conditions were crap, but we, Mm -hmm. you know, Hull were terrible last week. And I think we were, we're not a dirty, we're not in sort of, you know, a gritty side. We're a sort of, you know, a sleek, Premier League-esque passing side. Um, And sometimes when it's sort of, you know, the down and dirty of a pissing, raining day, in the championship, sometimes we might come unstuck. Um, Whereas Huddersfield, they were a proper sort of, you know, dig in championship side
0: yesterday and, uh, you know, it worked perfectly well for them. Did. And good, good luck to him as well. They're a, they're a decent club and uh, they've got some decent fans. I, I walked back to the car with Robin after the game, though, and just as we were leaving the cottage, I said, it always pisses me off. I hate it when you leave having lost at home and you can just hear the away fans still celebrating in the away end as you, as you leave the ground. And I was just like, get me out of here as soon as possible. <laughs> Cry it out loud. Um, but Mitro was understandably the focus of media attention before the game as he set out to break Ivan Tony's modern-day goals record of the 31 in a season. But he couldn't quite do it this time round. He was inches away from an opener, but just couldn't tap in Carvalho's ball across the face of goal in the first half. With Peterborough at home next, though, lads, surely it's got to be the record on, on Wednesday, hasn't it? And the longer this goes on, the more chance it could be uh, could become an albatross around his neck. I mean, as a side note, I thought Mitro was was a bit crap yesterday. I think, I think he spent more time flat on his face or on his ass than he did on his feet. Um, but we can excuse him a couple of um, a couple of iffy performances every now and then, can't we? Because he's been amazing this season. But does he get the record on Wednesday or not? Yeah, I think he does. I think,
1: I think, I think it's a bit harsh to say he was crap yesterday. I think, uh, yeah, obviously it wasn't one of his better performances, and we have him holding pretty high expectations at the moment. Uh, in that, especially in that second half, obviously first half is down the other end for the most part. But the the second half it was kind of right in front of me, and the you know, the man handling of Mitro in the box for the most part, he was in danger of joining the Me Too movement if it carried on much longer. And it was um yeah, there was a couple of decisions that maybe he could have got a penalty, but it's they they had him sort of uh, under wraps and he was kind of dropping out left, he was dropping deep. I thought he played okay at times, but you know, it was a very man marking situation yesterday and I think the referee could have uh, probably given a couple of the decisions but I mean whether we talk about the referee or not um, I thought he had an absolute stinker yesterday and I thought that linesman on the uh, Johnny Haynes side of the yeah. ground was awful as well And but I mean there you go championship referees I mean there's talk of bringing VAR in in um, in the not too distant future so that could be interesting uh, but yeah I thought I thought Mitro yeah, wasn't his best day Possibly, uh, you know, could have scored that goal if the pitch hadn't been so wet and didn't have so much pace in it. Uh, but Wednesday, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? The Peterborough Wednesday, game. Wednesday, Wednesday, uh, I think he gets that record. I think he'll be all guns blazing, um, and Peterborough can do their best, but I mean they're they're really bad. I mean, mm-hmm. seen them play a couple of times, that Reading game the other day was one of the most turgid ninety minutes of football yeah. that I think I've ever oh, seen.
0: Um, so, yeah, yeah. I think he'll get it. I think, yeah, but when I said Mitro was crap, I, I guess what I mean is crap by his standards, which are yeah. incredibly, incredibly high. Um, but I, I would like to see him sometimes just not roll around clutching his face because it is gamesmanship. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with him. You know, if that happened in a bar or in the street and somebody, somebody did that to Mitro in the street, there's no way he goes down clutching his face So just get up and get on with the game and just concentrate no, on what you do. No, he break at. them. He'd, he'd just it, it, eat? Of them. course. yeah, Of yeah. course he would. Of course he would. So just get on with the game and get on with what you're good at. Baldo, your thoughts on Mitro, please, mate.
2: Yeah, I, th- I, th- I think it all comes down to what, what, Morgan, what Morgan said, you know, with with that first chance and um, the fact that if, if it wasn't so wet, then, you know, maybe the ball doesn't slick past. And we've spoken before about how Mitrovic is a confidence player. And he, look, you know, the first 20, 25 minutes or so, if he doesn't get that yellow card, for instance, and he gets that goal, I think it's I think it's a completely different story. And I think just that just the first twenty minutes saw sort of set saw sort of set the tone for the rest of the afternoon. And if he's not got it in the first twenty minutes, then you know it's probably going to take a while uh, take a while to get back. So, but as you said, we can forgive him the we can forgive him the odd p- or bad performance because of what he's done for us over the course of the season. So again, it's just one of those things. And in regards to the period game, again. If he gets if he gets on the score sheet within the first ten minutes, then you wouldn't put it past him, you know, going on to get a hat trick, because that's that's what he does. But I do sort of agree with you. I think that maybe the you know the the pressure of all of it, like um, uh, the athletic did an article about how he's he's not really chasing down uh, Ivan Tony's record, it's about uh, Whittingham's record of forty two. And I think that again, once he breaks the Tony record, everyone will say, Oh no, the record's really Whittingham's at 42 because yeah. Uh, the Championship isn't that different from Division 1, the same amount of teams and games and stuff. So I think it probably is a little bit, bit of pressure, but I think once he gets one of them out of the way, I think everything will just sort of flow a little bit more naturally. So yeah. that's, why, that's why I'm not too concerned.
1: Do you think 42 might be a bit of a, a stretch? I mean, obviously, uh, he has the ability to score it, but as the season goes on, you know, I don't think people should be sort of focusing too much on that.
0: I think, you know, it's pretty it's much the case. Or... 15 games left. And he needs, yeah, he needs 12, I mean, obviously, it's doable goals, in terms of he needs, it, he'd, stats, have, he'd, so. he'd have to slow his record, he'd have to slow his scoring rate down to achieve that this season, basically. So, if he keeps <laughs> on, then he, he far surpasses it. I think, he?
2: I think what he needs, I think he needs one good, I think he needs one more. I think if he gets one more hat trick, I reckon that'll probably do I can't see one. him doing it in ones and twos. I think one hat trick in one game just to get a big chunk of it out of the way. I think that that probably does. I think if he doesn't, he
0: could it's... do with a double hat trick in the Peterborough game. I mean, that'll do yeah, it. Sure, why not? Yeah, get the, get the ball rolling, probably. I love the fact. I love the fact yeah. that we're saying he needs one more hat trick. you like, well, to get a hat trick out of anybody in a season is an amazing thing. He's already got two, and we're saying, well, if he just gets one more hat trick, then he's he's got a chance. It's, it's ridiculous, <laughs> isn't it? What a what a guy. I think um, Guy then... Whittingham
1: was Sky Whittingham was saying that he was he hopes he breaks his record hmm. because I mean that's a that's a 30 year old record, Darren. He got that in 92 yeah. 93, and right. um, you know I think you know it's it'll be a good record for him to beat and it'll be a brilliant way for him to sort of kick into the uh, Premier League next season uh, assuming that 42 goals by a striker gets us promoted which I'm sure it will um so okay, if it if he can't sort of uh, score at least double figures next season after scoring 42 this year I mean that's that that would just be bizarre I think
0: he will. Don't worry about that. Well, after dominating the early stages of this game against Huddersfield, we gave away a cheap first goal when Danny Ward pounced on a mistake from Tom Kearney to open the scoring. And I didn't realise how bad that mistake was from Tom Kearney till I till I rewatched the goals this morning. It it was a bit of a crap one, wasn't it? It's always annoying to concede those sorts of goals, especially given we're on such a high as a club, but Kearney will get the blame for losing the ball. But perhaps Rodak should have done better with the shot, lads.
2: Um I think he. Could have done better, but this is a point that this is point they brought up on the commentary, and um, I was listening to it as well on the radio, um, on the way to the ground. The and the pundit on Talk Sport 2, I think it was Sam Parkinson, I think he just wasn't set enough because he wasn't expecting Tom Kenny to make that you know that big mistake. And the fact that it's all happened so quickly, he hasn't had a chance to set himself. Um, you know, maybe he I, I don't want to put too much on say, oh, he should have maybe been. Been a bit cautious, just in case there's a mistake with the weather or anything. But I don't want to put too much blame on him, but at the same time, he probably does. But this does come back to the narrative that we've had for a couple of weeks now with Rodak, is everyone saying, oh, these are the mistakes they're kicking in, and oh, Gazz- uh, Gazzaniga wouldn't get away with any of this, and oh, Bits Quiz is a Fulham Academy player. I think it is probably right to start questioning Rodak about these things, but I think, as, as I made the point of the time, so long as it's not costing us games then i don't think it's a real problem, and could you really put put it down to Rodak costing Did Rodak cost us the game yesterday? You can see the argument but i don't i don't fully buy into it yet uh, so i think he so i think he keeps his place, but it is certainly something to maybe start being a little bit worried about moving forward
0: well mors so you were you were highly critical of Rodak after the Stoke game, so has your opinion changed
2: uh
1: i'm i'm uh, I'm still somewhat cautious about him in the sense of I want him to succeed because he's still a young keeper. He has been with us, he's been patient, he's taken you know he usurped Gazaniga um, and came in and did well. but he doesn't fill me with a lot of confidence. He doesn't have that presence of a Schwarzer or an Areola or one of those bigger keepers just yet. Maybe it's an age thing. I mean Ariola's not even that old, but he doesn't dominate. Box. He does. I don't feel like he sort of um, marshals his defence quite enough yet. And whether this is a something that can be taught or if it's something that's more instinctive, I don't know. I think, yeah. You know, obviously, Kenny's mistake yesterday was was poor. And again, you could probably put that down to the conditions. But he should be anticipating things like that. And the the fact that the ball went through his legs. Okay, fine. It was six yards out, and he got put his laces through it. Um, so maybe it was just, you know, that's just unfortunate. But he was caught, you know, caught flat-footed, really, by that. And does a better keeper save that? Who's to say? Um, But at the moment, I'm slightly wary that he's uh, on course to become Betanelli version two, if he's not careful. I think he does need to improve somewhat, Um, whether that's bringing in a better keeper for him to play another season behind next year um, or if it's a case of he just you know maybe needs a, a bit of time intense training or whatever it is that you do to improve a goalkeeper of that age I don't know um, I feel harsh being five foot five and criticizing a uh, professional goalkeeper <laughs> um, but you know I guess is what we do and yeah. hopefully oh hopefully he can come good maybe he's just having a bit of a blip at the moment um but it's certainly his performances if it had been Gazaniga putting in these performances, we'd be calling for Rodak in his place. But I think yeah. given that who Rodak is, um and how we'd seen Gazaniga yeah. play earlier oh. in the season, then maybe he's just not you know, he's not quite gaining the same criticism that he could have potentially got.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's fair enough. All right. Well, a few minutes before half time it went from bad to worse for us as Rodak was adjudged to have found Sorba Thomas in the penalty area. Um, now, I had to slightly change what Dylan had written for this because Dylan said, definitely not a penalty for me, but I thought it was a penalty, to be honest. Um, and it was driven home by Dwayne Holmes. What did you boys make in the decision to give it? The referee, as, as we've already said, left a lot to be desired, but that's just sometimes how it is in the championship. But for me, it's an awkward one because Rodak was kind of waiting for the ball to come into his arms and the bloke's just nipped in in front and gone over Rodak. And really, Rodak hasn't got the ball and the striker was looking for it but that happens that's that's the way that's the way people play the game isn't it
2: yeah i i, think, I the way i sort of analyzed it is, looking at the three replays that you got i thought when it first happened you know live i thought that's a definite penalty yes, then I the think. second view they get when it comes from the sort of behind the angle um, you sort of think, oh, maybe he sort of left his body in there to be, you know, to run into Rodak. Similar to how Jamie Vardy, like, leaves a leg dangling. So mm. there's technically contact with the defender, so he buys a penalty. Not in the same sort of way, but similar to. And then on the third one, I think, yeah, it's probably a definite penalty. I think also if you use the logic, if that happens, no, it's, it's an argument that gets uh, brought about a couple of times. If it happens anywhere on a pitch, it, is it a free kick? And, you know, why isn't it a thing? I think, again... If that happens anywhere else on the pitch, you think our oh, player's going for the ball, but the other player just nips in ahead of him and gets it's a free kick. So I think using that logic as well, it's a free kick in the box, it's a penalty. So whilst people may be complaining about the refereeing standard yesterday, arguably, arguably rightly so, I think that I think that's what he probably got right.
1: I don't I was I was right behind it. And as soon as it happened, the ball had gone out of play. I just thought, goal kick, they just crashed into each other. And then when I saw the referee point at the spot, I was pretty surprised by it and then I watched the when I'm watching the replay a bit again yeah I mean criticizing Rodak for his uh, pace I guess off his line he was waiting <laughs> for the ball to sort of uh, you know to come into his arms but whatever the Huddersfield player was just crashed into him um, and the, the touch it had gone out you know it wasn't he wasn't getting that ball regardless of whether um, he's taken out by Rodak so maybe that just doesn't matter in the rules of the game but I thought it was a soft penalty um, but still you know maybe by the rules of the game there was a penalty but it was just
0: it was a crap one to give away and, and what the defendant of Nathaniel Chalaber as well who gave the ball away in the lead up to, to that incident I I thought he's played well the last couple of games he started yesterday quite well but he ended up having a real stinker of a yeah. game. He was he was way below the level of his recent displays, and I think he's probably played himself out of the team with that performance. I know he came off in the second half, but surely Harrison Reed or John michel Serry will take his place on Wednesday. Now, um, we, we've asked this question a lot about that that midfield two. Who who's the best midfield two? And he's he's made that place his own in the last couple of games. But I think he's had it, hasn't he? It, it's cutthroat. It that was very much a case of
1: he's in the team on merit and he's now out yeah. of the team because of that performance yeah. I think. And I think we could be seeing Reed and Surrey starting the game against Peterborough because um, Kenny's game yesterday was pretty poor as well. Mm. Um, oh, his shooting in the to... first half.
0: His shooting was just appalling it and Chalibur actually, the pair of them just stuck mm. a few shots into Rosehead from distance, didn't they? Uh,
1: but you know, he went, he went for it, which is fine but yeah, the, okay, mm. you expect a player with you know, a wand of a left foot like uh, Kearney to be sort of uh, putting those on target, at least. Um, it was wayward. I mean, Nika Williams had a wayward one as well. But I think you've got to look at Reed. He has to come back in. I find it very odd that he hasn't been playing because he is such an important player to how we play. Mm. And I think now that Seri's back from AFCON, uh, hopefully he's had a bit of a rest. Uh, he, time to bring him. I mean, the, quali- the quality of that man, um, especially against Peterborough, he should be um he should be starting that game
0: yeah it's a three game week as well, isn't it so you'd expect there to be some changes well, what about you, baldo? what did you make of challvor
2: Again, i I just sort of wasn't impressed and i again when the team lineup first comes through i I was a bit surprised that he was there because you just look at it with you know, whilst he has been playing well in recent weeks, I think that there does need to come a point of. You know, let's let's just get let's just get Seri back in there, because you, you can understand. You know, go away to the African Cup Nations, you Nations, know, a bit of a you know, all the jet lag and everything. Give him a little bit of time to get back in bed, and all that sort of stuff. That's now is it two? That's two games in the row that he's been on the bench, and now he just got, he, it just doesn't make any sense for him to be starting on the bench for this length of time. So yeah. I think now I think. If you want to use the rest argument, fine. He's probably had his rest now. So I think now's I think now's just the time now's the time for him to come back and decide just because the quality difference it, it is just it is just so much more. You know, hopefully when we're playing against Peterborough, we you know we are you know three, four-nil up after about fifty minutes, which hopefully we should be. And then you could then you can then you can bring him off and get him the rest again. But I just think it just comes to a point of, you know, similar, not in the same way as Mitrovic last year, but it's case why don't we have someone who is this influential, this greater player on the pitch? You know, it it it, it just baffles me that he's been left out for this long. You, know, you can understand it initially, but for it to be dragged out, it's just nonsensical. So I think, so I think he does need to be starting on Tuesday.
0: Another strange one from the from the starting lineup was Bobby Reed coming in for for Cabano which, um, again, maybe with one eye on the fact that it's a, a three-game week, but Capano's been one of our best players, and Silva's done this a couple of times, hasn't he? Left players out, where, and you think, oh, I can't believe he's left him out for this one, but was that part of the reason why we, um, why we lacked some, some, I don't know, attacking threat? I mean, his delivery into the box for, for Mitro is, is fantastic and has been all season, hasn't it?
1: I think, again, you look at it, and you know sometimes you just need to rotate a team. And it's a like three-game week. Cabano has been excellent this season for us, I think. Um, but he is one of those players that will occasionally get rotated. I think you have to start Caballo. Uh, Wilson as well. I mean, that was his ball uh, against Hull for Mitro's assist, which was brilliant. I mean, he had an off day yesterday, but, you know, so did a few of the players. But then if you're looking at sort of giving um, Bobby Reed a run out, which he he's deserved. Whenever he's come on, he's done well. So he thought he probably deserved a, a go. And Cabano's the obvious choice to step mm-hmm. out in that case. Maybe he had a little bit of a niggle. Maybe he you know didn't train every day this week, or you know it could be anything that sort of causes him to rotate. But when he came on, uh, that you know he did show that why he is important to us team he, he is a different player to bobby reed bobby reed's much much more like Cavallo. um uh, maybe not as good but he's much more similar in that style um than he is to sort of an out and out winger which uh, Cabano
0: was yeah, is. yeah. Well, with 20 shots and nearly 70% of the ball, it's certainly annoying we couldn't win, but it was always going to be a big ask to pick up points in every single game between now and the end of the season. Bobby Reid pulled a goal back with seven minutes of normal time left, an excellent finish, which he buried well into the top corner after a a shot that turned into a pass from Nico Williams. All things being said, we we rallied towards the end of the game, created chance after chance after chance, couldn't find an equaliser, but I thought we did enough to win the game, let alone get a point. What do you think?
1: I think when you look at it, at the end of the season, hopefully it'll be just one of those blips, but it's definitely, we threw so much at them and they just repelled everything. Mm. So yes, we did do enough to win because 20 shots on goal, 70% possession, that's always enough to win. But we conceded those sloppy goals and we've got to learn from it. So that, you, know, you can't guarantee a win by having possession and shots. And we've proved that in the past under Parker as well. So I think, yes, on an ordinary day, we win that game quite comfortably, uh, but it is just one of those things. And we'll go into the Peterborough game, not with heads dropped, but with a desire to correct that blip. So I feel somewhat sorry for Peterborough, because they could be on the end of a hammering, Um, he says, touch wood. So let's just hope that is the case rather than sort of everyone's head sort of getting, you know, if it affects their mentality, that's worrying because it is just one loss and we are playing well at the moment. So hopefully, uh, you know, Marco, Boa, they'll all, he'll, you know, drum it into them. It's like, don't worry about it, just move on, get those three points, stretch that lead over Bournemouth again.
0: And there was there was no real harm done yesterday either with the other results, were they? Blackburn's match was postponed because of the weather. They were supposed to play Millwall. Bournemouth was supposed to play Forest at home on on Friday night and that got called off because of the storm. And then when Forest said, do you fancy playing on Saturday? They went, no, nah, you're all right. What? What's that about? <laughs> there shouldn't be a choice they're allowed to make. Should've Don't they have injuries? Of they got
1: like 10 players out or
0: something. Yeah, um, they have,
1: yeah. And it's a, it's a bit... Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit it's a bit I think the that's EFL the should have stepped in. No, apparently, yeah, have stepped
2: apparently, in. No, apparently, Bournemouth had some damage to the stand as well, which apparently yeah. makes it unsafe to watch and what have you. So, oh, all right read, oh, it, no, re- no. read into that what you will. It only fair holds enough. fifty
0: people. They could have just <laughs> yeah. moved them somewhere else. That's yes, fair enough. Yeah. Well, they've got a game against Swansea away on on Tuesday night. So that's it's it's another big week of midweek action, isn't it? And Blackburn are away at Sheffield United as well. QPR, they lost. Uh, no, sorry, they drew with Hull yesterday, didn't they? So there's, there's absolutely no harm done, and we're not going to be the only team that doesn't pick up points during matches this this season. So I honestly, I honestly don't think that it's done us any damage yesterday whatsoever. Um, but it, it, it's just one of those one of those things. It just ruins your day, isn't it, when Fulham lose? And we've had they've been so few and far between this season. That uh, you know, you just kind of get used to winning and thinking, oh, well, we've just got to turn up and then we will get another three points and then we will move on and have a few beers in the evening and away we go. Um, but, yeah, it's just one of those things yesterday. Nico Williams, though, he had another good game, didn't he? He certainly seems to have found his feet and some form pretty quickly. It's another assist for him, albeit from that scuffed shot. But if everybody's fit, who would you start when Tete returns? Obviously, Dennis Adoy is a is a brilliant player and we, we love him. He's a Fulham legend, but it's a smaller gap between the quality in Tete and Williams than it was with Adoy, isn't it?
2: Yeah, I, I, I think I'd say, so. I think it does raise a couple of, couple of questions. I think you said it perfectly. He's finding his feet. Now, was obviously a little bit of a rough patch. He had to get used to playing football again because he's been, obviously, treated terribly when it comes to you know, playing playing with Liverpool. Um, but again, now he's gotten used to the system. He's starting to get better. The Tete one is an interesting one because I do think he is arguably the best right back in the division, and you can't just leave him out. I know you want to, you know, justify bringing Williams in. You know, you know, you, know, you bring him on loan. We don't want to just use him for these three games just because Tete was out. Um, you want to use him going for? I want to. I want to put forward the idea, and it's probably not, it's not, not probably not going to be popular, but I think given the way that the discussion has worked around Robinson and Brian this season. I think it might be worth putting Nico Williams at left back. It's a position he's played with with um for Wales and he's done pretty well. It's it's a wing back rather than a traditional fullback, but he's shown some promise there. And I just think it might be one way that you know Robinson's come on in for a lot of stick recently. I think it might that may have been the part of the uh, thought process as well. You know, once Tete comes back, we can also use Williams on the left-back. There is also the argument, because he's such an attacking, uh, attacking right-back, you could put him on the wing as well. You know, have Wilson on one wing and Nico Williams on the other. So I think he probably does still have a part to play, even if it isn't just at right-back.
0: I've got to say, yesterday, uh, when I was walking back to the car with Robin again, Robin said, oh, who's on the pod with you tomorrow? And I said, oh, it's Baldo and Morse. And I said, I look forward every time with Baldo to some kind of outrageous tactical suggestion. And you haven't let <laughs> me down, mate. So thanks very much. <laughs> I've got to it's say, though. No, it's but... all that
2: outrageous. Put, blame Robert Page for putting it into my mind. Blame him.
1: D- let, uh, just, to, uh, just to clarify, how do Wales do when Nico Williams played left back?
2: We've been doing OK, solidly defensively. I mean, it's part of Robert Page's has incredibly boring football. Like makes, you know, it makes Parker ball look like silver ball to that sort of extent, but he does, he does. Okay. He does. Okay. Again, similar to what he's been doing. He's been doing okay. Not fantastic, but not a disaster.
0: Oh, well, you've really sold that to me. Then he does. Okay. Yeah, not yeah, Fantastic. Definitely. Let's give it a go. <laughs> the, I think the last, the last left,
1: right-footed left back we had was Carlos Salcedo. And uh if we sort of replicate him, that's not a good thing. <laughs> but it's like, I don't I don't I don't like uh right-footed left backs. It doesn't it doesn't feel natural to me because you don't want your um full backs to cut in. You want them to hold the line and be as comfortable as possible and charge down and maybe get the occasional crossing here and there. But no, I I I can go more with the idea of him playing a more attacking role. I think I was thinking that yesterday and um, I think we just have to put up with either Robinson or Brian. I, I mean, I'd take uh, Brian back in at the moment just because I think Robinson's last three performances have been pretty woeful. Um, but, you know, at least they're relatively competent left backs. I wouldn't be sort of like changing the tactics too drastically uh, because of them at the moment.
2: Yeah, gee, I just want to say, you know, I've given the. Thing, I would much rather have Joe Bryan at left back. I'm just saying, you know, we have Nico Williams, we have him on low, We don't want to waste him. I say it could be you, but I would absolutely much prefer Joe Bryan at left back than, than Nico Williams. I just want to put that out there.
0: I think um, just changing the subject ever so slightly, Caviero came on yesterday, uh, substituting, and you know, I thought he had a pretty good game. I've you know, he, he livened things up. And one thing he, he doesn't seem to do anymore when he comes on or when, he, when he's in the team is just cut inside and shoot all the time. He was putting some decent balls into the box, wasn't he? I, I thought he had a good game.
1: He looked lively. He, I mean, you'd expect that. He came on with, what, 20 minutes left and hasn't played for a while. He was fresh against, uh, you know, I imagine fairly tired Huddersfield defenders by that point. And he, he did look like a bright spark. And if he were to start a couple of games and put in performances like that, then great. But I think off the bench he can offer us something um a bit more dangerous than you know, whatever we bought on in the past. But I think you still have those uh three players behind Mitro who are fairly set in stone. Um yeah. you because know, I would have Cabano back in over Reed, even though Reed's scored. Yeah. But I think from a point of view of our tactics, I think Cabano works better than Reed as a as an option.
0: All right, well, let's move on to Wednesday's game then. Uh, maybe the team were in in need of a little wake-up call, but Peterborough at home on Wednesday gives us a perfect chance to respond strongly and show it's just a one-off. They lost 1-0 to Derby at the weekend, thanks to a 92nd-minute winner. In fact, they haven't won in the league since December the 11th, which was the day we drew away at Luton. So that all points to Fulham nil, Peterborough won, doesn't it? <laughs> no, let, let's, hope, let's hope not. Um, 23rd at home is a near-ideal game to play straight after daylight today, isn't it?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. As I said, as I said, as I said, earlier, you know, we often bounce back from loss, and I think this is the the perfect opponent for us to, you know, for us to play just because of you know the sheer disparity in teams and you know of the teams and how we've been performing, how we've been performing this season. You just have to hope that you know, as as Morgan said, that uh, Marco and Bauer have managed to put it into the side of, Right, let's just put it behind us. We have a, a opponent against the Switch we should be able to win comfortably against so let's just start the focus on that and then hopefully use that to bounce back. Because even after because even after that, the next game after that is Cardiff. And Cardiff have not exactly been pulling up many trees either this season. So again, you just think, right, we've got one game out of the way. Let's just start to build up another momentous run. Uh, to just you know put that all behind us.
0: And do you see Morgs, any changes to the team? And also let's have your score predictions for this one.
1: I think we'll see a couple of changes. As I said earlier, I think um there's a chance he might bring Seri and Reed in to the midfield. Um I think Cabano well, Cabano may come back in. I think Reed um scoring might have kept him in the team. But I uh, the only other one potentially might be Brian from Robinson. That's a bit of a rotation. Elsewhere, I think Williams keeps his place just because he is putting such such, uh, such strong performances in. Um so you know, there might be a couple of rotations. I think that midfield might change though. Uh in terms of score. Peter on nine. full Yeah, ten. I just I, th- I think it's about time we got double figures. Yeah, uh about thirteen <laughs> <laughs> At least. <laughs> How about you, Ball, uh, I think no, you I don't th- know, I think it'll be um I think I think it'll be four nil. Right. So let's go with that. That'll
0: do me.
2: Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the same line. I'm on the same line as Morgan. You know, start start off with the four now, but I do I do see some changes. I think Bobby Reed does keep his place in the side, but I I think he might I think he might come in for no, not come in for, but I think Cabano will come in, and um, Harry Wilson I think might drop out personally because he's not been the greatest over the past couple of weeks. So I think yeah, you know, it might be time for him to get you know get a rest or you know a motivational drop as it were, sort of kick your ass in gear. So sort of Harry in. Wilson's
0: going to want to play in that Cardiff game, isn't he?
2: Yeah, he will absolutely. Um, so I think you know, keep him, keep him for that. So, uh, yeah, so I think there will be, there will be coming, ch- and you know, I agree. I think you know, Reed and Seri get them in again, just get them in, get the minutes under the belt and then hopefully 60 minutes in once the game's done, dusted, then ring the changes.
0: Perfecto. All right, well, that's all we have time for this time. Cheers, Morgs. Much else happening today for you?
1: Uh, I'm off to coach hockey in a bit. Coach hockey, well, sort of. Uh, I'm going along to, I'm being assistant coach to, uh, to Dell and uh, I'll see, I'll go to try and teach uh, the young goalkeeper, house player, hockey goalkeeper, which Brilliant. I used to do uh, about 24
0: years ago. Uh, so I think I've still got the idea of it. Interesting. Uh, well, at least it doesn't involve alcohol today or is that later? That's later. Yeah. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Thanks to you too, Baldo. Dare I ask what you're doing with your Sunday? Um, I'm actually on
2: a gift-giving mission, because um, when I came back from the States, I, just, I tested positive, so I had to stay inside for 10 days. So all the people I've got... I <laughs> With <this> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give you a number of things. Easy, um, easy. I think this is amazing. But uh, just everyone, uh, give, I just need to give that. And then I'm off to the Guild for Flames for the first time in four months, so yeah, should be an exciting day. That's a, nice. it's a
1: full-on hockey day today, isn't it?
0: Very yes, nice, except our nice.
2: hockey is better than your hockey.
0: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> all right once again thanks to dylan for putting this show together really appreciate your out this time mate thank you just a reminder that you can subscribe to the full and Focus podcast if you don't already do so on itunes spotify and wherever else you may care to get your podcasts from see you wednesday night and if not then the next pod will be out on friday morning so speak to you then cheers Fulham